It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Woman of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And today's episode is sponsored by Swan Lake Overlook. Swan Lake Overlook is a luxurious wedding venue located in Dawsonville, Georgia, that provides an exquisite and unforgettable experience. The venue is characterized by its impressive exterior with a manicured lawn overlooking the lake with an elegant fountain backdrop. The architectural elements showcase a timeless elegance combining classic and modern aesthetics. The high ceilings with a large wall of windows is the perfect framework for the reception space. Swan Lake Overlook is also the home to a group of eclectic animals. If you'd like more information on Swan Lake Overlook, please visit their website at swanlakeoverlook.com. And if you reach out to them, please let them know that you heard about them on the Purposeful Women of God podcast. Yes, thanks to Swan Lake Overlook for being a sponsor of the show. Just a reminder to everyone out there that we are listener funded. So if you would like to be a sponsor of our podcast, please reach out to us at purposefulwomanofgod at gmail.com and we can give you all the information on becoming a sponsor of the show. Well, I'm excited about today's episode, but we're going to be talking about some things that are kind of foolish along the way. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll talk about that as we get into it. But I was just thinking, what is something that as a kid or a teenager or a young adult that you believed or thought that now seems a little foolish? Oh, man. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is when we would all say as a kid or you were taught as a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. <laughs> you thought that was like... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I used to say that all the time. Sticks yeah. and stones, break my words will never hurt me. When somebody said something yeah. ugly to me, but then now I'm like... As I'm older, I'm like, like, that is so not true. Yes, how why did we do, teach that to kids? I don't know. Like, how bad do words hurt? They hurt <laughs> yeah. bad. And once you say them, you can't take them back. That's true. So that saying is very foolish. That is true. I will agree. I will um, agree with that. I also think about nursery rhymes. Oh, my goodness. Have you stopped and started to sing a nursery rhyme to your child and been like, hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to sing that to my baby. I remember Rock and Reese, and I was singing Rock by Baby in a Treetop. When the bow breaks, the, <laughs> the cradle, cradle will, will drop or whatever. When yeah. the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come cradle, baby and all. And I'm like, that's, oh, awful. that's, that's terrible. I'm not, I'm not singing that anymore, you know? That's so funny. Or I think about the now I lay me down to sleep. Like the one I grew up on was now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to mm-hmm. keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I still say that with my kids every oh, single day. Oh, you do? I can't say it. So, yes. so mom got, I think it was last Easter, it's mom got Reese a bunny, and it says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. Your love be with me through the night and wake me with the morning light. Oh, I do um, like that one better. Isn't that cute? I mean, I can't even say that one. I'm like, no, I'm not going to finish that, like. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So different things different that we things. have grown up believing. Or just hearing and, hearing and not really thinking much about it. And then realize that it's then like, pretty foolish. Uh, 
But you know, that's all part of growing up, right? Yeah. Is yeah. like believing foolish or childish <laughs> things. But those are also things that I guess adults teach kids. It is. Know. Well, and, and two, I believed everything my dad said growing up. Everything. I was yeah. so gullible when it, I could ask my dad anything. He would give me the craziest answer. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. At one point, I asked him how they got all of those billboards up in the sky. And he was like, a sky hook. And I said, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and I was probably a teenager. My mom's like, actually, there is no such thing as a sky hook. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it sounded good. I had no idea. <laughs> Well, that makes me think of the verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, which of course we'll cover more in depth as we move on into 1 Corinthians. But it says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And as I was thinking about this verse, um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to our grandmother's house, who we call Mama, Mama. Mm-hmm. and she was telling us a lot of stories. She'll turn 90 in April this yeah. year, and so I was just listening, just really enjoying the two of us just sitting there hearing some of her stories, but she was telling me, and they grew up really poor, yes. and so when we say that they were cotton farmers, they picked cotton, but mm-hmm. they did not own the farm. Like right. They worked on the farm, and the kids had to work and everything, but they didn't have electricity. And so she told me that when she was around six or seven, that they went to a friend's house. And I hope that I'm remembering this correctly. And their friend did have electricity and they had a radio. And that was the first (laughs) time that she had ever seen a radio. And she said that she just watched it and just looked at it for a while, just trying to figure out like, how is this working? (laughs) Yes. And she said after a little while, you know, her little mind just didn't understand. And she was like, how did they get that man inside that box? <laughs> I remember that story. I thought that was just so, so funny. funny. And, you know, we think about that now and we think, gosh, that is so foolish. You know, I to mean. think that he was inside in, the box. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess we should understand like radio waves and all that. I don't understand no. it all, but I know that there's not a little man inside a box. That's right. <laughs> so we think of that as just being a little silly and foolish. I also thought about myself, um, and I have to admit, I was probably, well, I know I was 16, so this is terrible. Um, and I don't know if this is just a, um, like a Southern, a southern thing. thing or whatever, but I was driving, and we were pulling into a restaurant. And I was driving a little slow because, you know, I was trying to make my way around and find a parking spot and all of that. And my dad was like, hurry up. The bottom is about to fall out. <gasps> And I slowed down because I was like trying to hear a rattle in my car or something. And he was like, why are you slowing down? The bottom is about to fall out. And I was like, I'm trying to hear something. Why is the bottom of my car going to fall out? And he and my mom busted out laughing. He was like, not out of the car, out of the The sky. sky. It's about to start raining and we want to get inside before we get soaking wet. So, like, we still laugh about that to this day, but... I can't believe you didn't know what that meant. Like, I should have, but in that moment, I didn't. Like, I'm curious to know if any of our other listeners have ever heard that. The bottom's about to fall out. Know that it's about to start storming. Yes, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that's just a southern thing. We have a lot of things in the south that we say. Yeah, but I thought that was funny. But all of that just kind of leads to what our episode is about today, is we're finishing up... I almost said first Corinthians, but no, just first Corinthians chapter one. One. Yes. (laughs) And we're learning a lot about being foolish and what appears to be foolish to people who don't understand why you believe and do the things that you do. But if we can help others to understand, it might not seem so foolish after all. Yeah. So first Corinthians one eighteen says, 
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Think about it from an unbeliever's point of view, which Paul calls the perishing. Christians attend church every or almost every Sunday and listen to the man of God stand before them and preach Christ crucified. To someone who has not experienced salvation, I'm sure it all seems so pointless and ridiculous. And yet, for those of us who have experienced the forgiveness and grace of salvation, it truly is power from God. The story never gets old. It gives us power to continue serving him past the walls of the church and straight into a lost and dying world. The idea of a man dying on a cross to a lost person seems weak. The attitude of humility and suffering that Jesus displayed on the cross that day seems to portray weakness. But as believers of Christ, we understand the power and strength that was displayed that day by the Savior of the world. But if you've never truly experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ, then you've never experienced the power that we receive through the Spirit. And yet, it makes sense how an unbeliever would believe that all of this is foolishness. I mean, it really does. And last Sunday, my husband Derek began a sermon series through the book of Acts that also describes the power that is given to us through the Holy Spirit. And he created this makeshift dynamite stick with a sparkler, and he lit the dynamite in service to serve as an illustration to all of us to remind us of the power that we have through the Holy Spirit. You can imagine I was a little bit nervous with him lighting a sparkler yeah, in the service. Yeah, I hate service. we missed that one. <laughs> I know, we missed I it. I was like, please don't burn the carpet. <laughs> so when we met, went to Monster Trucks and you told Pace that, oh, I hate you're not going to be there tomorrow. Oh, no. Derek's lighting dynamite. Do you know the whole morning when I was getting him ready for church, because Aaron was preaching at another <laughs> he church, he was go. like, I don't want to go to another church. I want to go to our church. Derek's lighting dynamite. <laughs> That is so funny, but I think it was just a great illustration to remind us, you know, like a stick of dynamite seems so powerful, and yet that same word about the power that lives within us Mm -hmm. is the same word. Like, we have that kind of power that lives inside of us. I'm sure it was like, once the light went out, though, where was the power? (laughs) We got to keep the light going. That's right. Got to keep it going. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, once again, to someone who hasn't experienced the the power of God it must seem really foolish. So what is a fool? A fool is someone who lacks a sense of judgment. So once again, we can imagine how a lost person must feel about our judgment when it comes to believing a God that we've never seen. His son, Jesus, who was miraculously born of a virgin, who came to be the savior of the world, died on a cross, and ultimately was raised again on the third day and ascended into heaven and declared that he would come again. But until then, he's going to send us a comforter through the Holy Spirit to indwell every believer until he returns. You know, when you say it all like that, it does seem a little foolish, doesn't it? A little hard to believe. Yeah. But I love what GodQuestions.org says. It says, divine wisdom seems foolish and weak to those who value human wisdom. Mm, There is a difference in divine wisdom and human wisdom, but we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. So let's just continue on reading in 1 Corinthians 1.19. So it says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So in contrast, what does it mean to be wise? 
Wisdom is acting or making decisions with good judgment. And we must understand that knowledge does not mean that someone is wise. I know a lot of smart people that aren't very wise. (laughs) Um, Wisdom is understanding how to apply your knowledge into action. When we put our faith into man's wisdom, eventually it can be destroyed and brought to nothing, as it says in verse 19. So what does that mean? Think about all of the intelligent scientists that have lived, men and women that this world would deem as some of the wisest humans that have ever lived, and yet many of their beliefs have been proven wrong. So, you know, I started thinking about a lot of these things that we kind of even were told growing up. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we grew up thinking Pluto was a planet, Right? When did that change, Ashley? No, it's changed. I know. I don't know. It's complicated. When I look it up now, it's like, this is complicated. But it was definitively a planet when yes. we were kids. We yes. learned it all like that, you know? Yeah. My very old mother just served us natural pudding. I don't remember whatever it was called, but pudding, that was, P was on the end. No, I Pluto. pizza. My very educated mother just served us nine pizzas oh okay that's I didn't what learn I, it like that pace had something else he was saying I can't remember what it was I'm like <laughs> I didn't learn it like that um so and then we learned we came from monkeys mm-hmm. right I'm sorry to not come from a monkey no watching them is weird they do do some <laughs> human-like things but I did not come from that's a monkey true. um the earth was flat they yeah. thought the earth was flat you know and there is a verse of scripture I'll, I'll have to look it up. That talks about the circle of the oh, earth. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. funny how like a lot of these things that we believed that if we would just read the Bible, it, it, tells, it tells us. I just feel like when I'm at the beach and I'm sitting there and I see the ocean, it just looks perfectly round to me. Like mm-hmm. you look out as far as you can see and it just looks like a sphere. It does. You know? Yeah. So, and then another thing, we only use 10% of our brains. Have you heard that? I guess I have a long yeah. time ago. I forgot about we that. We use way more than 10% of our brains. Uh, have you heard camels store water in their humps? I thought they did. No. So I, I learned that the other day. Camels do not store water in their humps. It's like fatty tissue and stuff that they store for that they can sustain without food for so long. Okay. So I did not know that. I learned yes. something new today. It's not actually water that makes those humps. Big. Okay. It's like fatty matter. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about it takes seven years to digest gum? Didn't you hear that growing up? I always I heard, hear don't that. swallow your gum. It takes seven. It's going to be in you for seven years, right? Well, and you know, even as an adult, I'm like, oh, I don't need to swallow my gum. I know. <laughs> but that, they said that is a complete myth that, sure, you should probably shouldn't swallow it. But in one or two days, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Not seven years. All of those things, as silly as they are, mm-hmm. it just shows us that even the wisest humans can be wrong. Yeah. But God's infinite wisdom has never been proven wrong. And even if they aren't proven wrong on this earth, there are still many theories and scientific beliefs that are being held to today that will one day pass away. And no matter how smart or intelligent you are or were, your ideas will be proven foolish because God is only pleased by those who are saved through the preaching of his word. Exactly. All right, 1 Corinthians, it goes on to say in verse 22, For the Jews required a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Remember how in the first episode of the new year when we introduced the Corinthian church, we talked about the location of Corinth and how it was a prominent trade route, and because of that, Corinth was a very diverse city with many pagan influencers. 
Paul is emphasizing what true wisdom is because worldly influence was drawing the Corinthians' hearts away from the wisdom of God's word and the gospel, and they were seeking wisdom in all of the wrong places. The Greeks held philosophy in high regards, and the Jews were seeking after miracles and wonders as evidence of God. But then he goes on to say in verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Paul is reminding the church at Corinth that their human thinking is worthless, and reminds them that the wisdom of the wise will pass away, and the intelligence of the intelligent will disappear. But... God's wisdom far exceeds any human understanding and knowledge that people can possess. The message of Jesus Christ crucified is the ultimate wisdom and power of God. Those who believe and accept the message of the cross are forgiven and set free from the bondage of sin. True believers actually understand that what the world calls the foolishness of God is actually the power of God that conquered death in the grave. It goes back to what we've talked about often. Jesus came to turn the world right side up. In our weakness, he is made strong. He is the source of all wisdom and knowledge because he knows all things and our wisdom and knowledge is limited to what we can see. But he sees and knows it all. Mm -hmm. The sign that the Jews were seeking became a stumbling block for them, as verse 23 says. Jesus came for the Jews, but they couldn't see what was right in front of them because they were seeking other miracles. The Greeks were seeking wisdom, but became fools. But as Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. It's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what is so wonderful about our God is that salvation is for whoever believes. Paul went on to say that the Jews and Greeks who were called that were saved, they do possess the power of God and the wisdom of God. So let's continue the reading of chapter 1. We're going to pick up in verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So the hard truth of the matter is that according to verse 26, not many of those that seek earthly wisdom, not many mighty men, not many noble men are called. And just as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, how that it's hard for a rich man to come Mm -hmm. to know Christ, it's also difficult for the highly intelligent and mighty men. You know, from a worldly standard is what we're talking about. It's hard for them to receive salvation as well. And it's not because God is not generous with the gift of salvation, but because they seek their own notoriety and the applause from men. God is not willing that any should perish, but because of their intelligence, their ability to understand the concept of faith is limited or it's overshadowed by their own intellect. And how is faith received? According to Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how do we hear the word of God? Through a man of God called to preach his word. And how is that deemed from the world's perspective? According to 1 Corinthians, it's foolish. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we can understand how hard it might be for someone who 
wants cold, hard facts. But then I also see like, you know, from scientific perspectives and things like that, their philosophies also require faith. That's right. You know, but they don't want to believe in a divine power. Right. So anyway, it just made me think of this story a few years ago. I was working out at a gym and I met an older man there and his name was actually Jim. That's how I always <laughs> remember. Um, but he had just lost his wife and he was lonely. And I had a t-shirt on that day that had a cross on it. And he stopped me and he said something about my shirt. And he asked me if I really believe that nonsense. Mm. Well, as a Christian, you know, immediately it kind of took me back, right. you know, and I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> he was pretty bold. Yeah. But of course I responded and said, yes, I do believe this. And we struck up a conversation and he wasn't mean or ugly, but you could tell that there was just some bitterness, maybe, yeah, maybe, some bitterness yeah. and anger. Yeah. And come to find out, his wife, who was a Christian, had gotten sick. And while she was sick, he prayed. Now, he was an unbeliever, and he was a professed atheist. But he did pray and ask God to heal his wife, and she ended up dying. And according to him, she believed in that stuff. And God didn't heal her. And like I said, he was an atheist for much of his life. But because of our dynamic, you know, me being a woman and him a man, even though he was a much older man, I felt that I didn't need to get too deep with him. But I did ask for his number. And I just said, I would love to get you in contact with my husband. And Derek did reach out to him. He connected with him. And this man, he refused to listen to anything to do with Christianity until Derek read one of Stephen Hawking's books, Mm. Disputing Christianity. Wow. So Derek did. Yeah. He was like, if this is how I'm going to be able to share the gospel with this man, I'm going to I'm going to do it. So as Derek read the book, he marked discrepancies to Stephen Hawking's ideologies and countered them with what the Bible teaches. And I just remember Derek, I didn't read the book, but he just said how foolish, you know, here this man, Stephen Hawking, who is supposedly one of the most intelligent right. men that has ever lived. He said, I just remember how foolish and ridiculous some of the arguments were that were presented. And so this man, Jim, um, never would soften his heart to the gospel. And I think about him so much because he was, you know, at the Mm. time pushing 90. Wow. And that was several years ago. And I just think, you know... Did he ever? Did he ever come, come to know to Christ? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we we did try to connect with him a couple of times after that, but and I think Derek did. Um, but then after that, we lost contact with yeah. him. But I just think about his wife, right? You know, if she was a Christian, as he said that she was, you know, did she try and reach him? Right. And his heart was cold and kind of bitter towards yeah. that. But he had plenty of opportunity, and you know, I just thought that one day. Jim is going to stand in judgment just like all the rest yeah. of us, but he is going to be without an excuse because Derek he did share the presented gospel. the gospel to yeah. him. And this man's own wife believed in the gospel, and yet he refused to acknowledge that there is a God in heaven who desired a personal relationship with him. And it just breaks my heart because he was a very intelligent man, yeah. but he wanted cold, hard facts. Yeah. But yet he believed these philosophies from this other man who didn't have proof of right. all the things that he was saying. Right. So it, it all doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. And I think we all must understand that we will one day give an account for our own salvation. And our prayer is that everyone listening today will heed the warning and give their life to the one who gave his life as a sacrifice for you. And that reminds me of Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. 
And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Don't be found like the man who built his house upon the sand. Don't build your life and determine your worth based on human wisdom, but build your house upon the rock of Jesus and the divine wisdom that he offers through his word, because that house will stand forever and it will never fall. Amen and (laughs) amen. So Tabitha, what's the purpose for the teaching today? You know, as I was preparing for this and just thinking about the generation that we live in, it's very unique, Mm. as well as all of the generations that will come after us. You know, we have access to more knowledge than any other generation in history. If you want to know something, just Google it. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) but just Google it. And yet the amount of knowledge we possess does not determine the amount of wisdom we have. Paul was teaching the Corinthians to remind them to be careful who they allowed to influence them. And just as the church at Corinth, we too live in a world that attempts to pull us away from the truth of God's word. And just as Proverbs 4.23 reminds us, we must guard our hearts. Otherwise, we'll be influenced by the tug of those that believe that our faith and salvation in Jesus is foolish. Paul ends chapter 1 by saying in, in verse 30, But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You know, if we trust in our own wisdom, we would pridefully boast of our own achievements and abilities. But as believers, the purpose is for us to acknowledge that we are nothing without our God. And we must remember that any wisdom we possess is not from ourselves, but comes from the foolishness of God's word. And I want to end on this quote from verse five. It says, our focus, there's that word again. Remember, we've been talking about that. Changes from pointing to ourselves to pointing others to him. In this way, our boasting encourages others to seek the value of God's wisdom. I love that. So what's the challenge this week? Seek biblical wisdom. Mm-hmm. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If you feel like you're struggling to understand the teaching or reading of God's word, Don't give up in despair. I challenge you to pray in faith and ask God to give you wisdom and understanding. And I'm just foolish enough to believe that God never lies and he'll do what he says he will do. He will give you wisdom. Yes, he will. He'll give it to you and he'll never take it away. Well, and I feel like, you know, through studying and preparing for this podcast, you know, I just think like we are so inadequate to be able to share the gospel and to teach anything and not that you know we are full of wisdom but God has been faithful Mm -hmm. as we have prepared and each week you know sometimes we think what are we going to talk about and what are we going to say and it's as we open up scripture he always gives us something to talk about and something to share about and that's just his faithfulness that's who he is and that's one of our prayers is God, give us wisdom yeah, so that we can share it with others and get people excited about learning about God's word. And that's what this year has really done for me is Mm -hmm. I'm just excited about what I'm learning and 
growing and you know we just don't we don't know all the answers to everything but as we study and we learn more we want to share that with everyone else and yeah just and I just pray it's a year of growth for everybody you know and I'm excited about that yeah so Tabitha will you just close us out in a word of prayer sure Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today. Lord, I thank you for another beautiful day that you have given us. Um, God, I thank you for the lessons that we've learned. God, I know that sometimes following after you and, you know, talking about things like the Holy Spirit and um, the resurrection of Jesus and all of those things that it can seem foolish to other people. But God, I just thank you that as we learn about those things, it becomes power to us as believers. And so, God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom that we need, Lord, to be able to expound upon your word throughout this year. And I pray for those that listen, that they would get excited about serving you and learning more about the truth of your word. And we just love you, and we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. We are so appreciative of each and every one of our listeners. You know, the main takeaway we would love for you to take away from this lesson is that God is real. Jesus is real. Salvation is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And we hope if you do not know him, that you will come to know him in this year. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.